Yeah, what's going on, everybody? Ladies, gentlemen, NBs, what is popping out there in the world of wrestling? I don't know, but it's always something interesting. I'm here, but then I'll just say it. My best friend in this fucking world, Charlie. How are you doing today? Let's go! <laughs> how you doing today, bud? Doing all right, man. You know, hey, we're getting back in action with the uh, with everything. Uh, with everything going on in the world the, absolutely the, the vegans are jumping the the, the <laughs> vegans have revolted i had i literally had a trade of thought there completely lost it but anyways fuck it vegans are the cross so how are y'all again. surviving the vegan revolt um <laughs> the meat shortage is getting a little bit uh you know i mean we already had a meat shortage no i'm just kidding um uh that, i've been dealing with that my whole life but um uh, <laughs> but um that being Hello, so what have we here no no you won't be saying that you'll be like what what don't have we here but um anyway that being said uh small small uh phallus jokes aside um I, there was actually some really good wrestling this week there was some really interesting stuff yeah, that happened was. uh throughout the world of wrestling as well i just had to turn my own volume down because i was making my own ears bleed because i was like jesus christ why am i so loud in my own ears because i was blasting some fucking tunes earlier but uh, exactly but um yeah there was some really good stuff this week and uh just before we get into all the stuff that we like because we always like to start off with favorites and stuff like that there are a couple of orders of business to take care of at the top of the show that we always like to take care of first of all if this is your first time listening to this show you might not know we both have a twitter page we also have a twitter page for the, the you know the podcast but i'll get into all those in just a moment the first one is you can follow me at bane duke that's b-a-n-e-d-u-k-e on twitter you can also follow charlie at oh charlie with an x instead of an a um, you know, so if this is your first time listening, make sure you go ahead and hit us up on those socials. You know, we always like to interact with you. You can also hit us up directly at Eat Sleep Elite if you have a question you want to ask the show that we might answer next week. You know, I did mention a few weeks or maybe a little bit longer than that back that if any questions come in, you know, we'll we'll, we'll save them back and we'll, we'll add a little segment to the show where we start answering, you know, fan questions and stuff like that. So absolutely. Um, if you have an opinion, you have a take, if you want to tell us to go fuck off, you can do that right there. Um, so, yeah. But that other than good. that, that was good timing how that came through. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I was leaning down to get my cat to stop doing something and I took advantage. But anyway, uh, so, um, all right. Now that the cat has been uh, taken care of, um, eviscerated. Yeah, we stripped it for parts. Um, <laughs> we uh, have uh, a couple of, you know, we have, there was some really, like I said, there's some really good wrestling this week. But honestly, I was really impressed with, um, like, it's been like multiple weeks now that they've kind of strung everything together in a really nice way. Um, and it didn't yeah. feel disconnected. So just thought I'd comment on that before we get into the other stuff. But you guys uh, are probably listening to this on a podcast platform. If you're choosing to be that Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, you know, whichever of the podcast platforms you happen to be presiding on today. And uh, just before we move on, there's a little thing I want to mention that we that – we, so going forward, we're going to try this thing. We've been trying out some new things. So we tried it in a new style of intro last week. Still waiting for some feedback on that um we might have actually already gotten it we just haven't like, seen it yet we're, we're looking to get the feedback on that we'll, we'll we'll incorporate that soon we'll just uh we'll have to take into account but um there's actually a new feature that we we found out about so going forward if you guys follow us on charlie remind me it is on is on apple podcast correct yes it is the okay. apple podcast Nailed. connect Okay, on Apple Podcasts Connect, there will be exclusive. Now, they're not going to be permanently exclusive podcasts or anything like that. But we've talked about various minis that don't really kind of fit anywhere in the main sequence of pods. Like, uh, the reason why, in my opinion, the minis that we do for, um, like, uh, reviews and slash and or, um, you know, the predictions for the pay-per-views, 
they don't they they fit into the week of podcast just way more smoothly because it's all it, you know like one dynamite leads to the next pay-per-view you know what I mean? so anyway uh but not always do stuff like the pillars episode of stuff that we've talked about so we want to possibly and we're not even possibly we're gonna we're actually gonna go ahead and try this so for a week when we first do those podcasts they'll be in that exclusive little feed there um it's not like you have to do anything special by the way like you don't have to pay anything there's nothing like that you just got to be subscribed on apple podcasts and you'll get those exclusive podcasts on there for a week and then they'll go out to everybody else um, and, and a good way to look at it, this is it's more or less for our evergreen content, right? Content that it doesn't matter when you look it up. You know, if we the perfect example is our four pillars episode. You guys, we've talked about that before. We often mention our four pillars. And when people come and check out the podcast for the first time, they're like, oh, these guys did a four pillars show because that just like our award show. It's evergreen. It's always going to be there. So that's like the example of. You know, we'll do a little offshoot mini and put it there first. And because like pay-per-view content, you know, that's that's going to be stuff. I'm assuming like final it'd be, battle. It'd be kind of brutal to hold Revolut- that back for a week. It would kind of lose a little exactly. bit of thing, you know. Like, that, I don't that's, know what we're going to try and get that up as quick as possible. We want that up, you know, hopefully before every other wrestling podcast that you guys uh, cover and watch. And so, yeah, little just the best way to think of it is evergreen content. It's something new. I don't even know how many of you guys are subscribed to Apple Podcasts Connect. I it's not a feature I was familiar with, but you know we got the opportunity to go for it and we we sent it. So my, it doesn't hurt to try new things, right? I guess it's what. Yeah. All, so if you guys want to get some extra exclusive content from us, you just go over on Apple Podcasts when if you have that Connect feature, and if you know if something you're interested in, you want to get some extra content from us, you're more than welcome. But you'll still get it either way. So you just exactly. Have to wait a week. So, but th- you know that's a little extra bonus incentive for you guys to. If you have that, because I'm sure there are some people out there that that listen that might have already been a part of that because they listen on Apple quite frequently or something. So, um, but that being said, we have some some good stuff to talk about here, Charlie. And you are taking you are up on the bump first. So go ahead and hit us with that first pitch. Absolutely. And and um, well, just one second before I dive into this match, it's because okay. it's on my brain. Um, something we had also been talking about was covering more pay per views, and you know. If anyone's even interested, we might cover the Royal Rumble this weekend. Is that something that people – because we've talked about uh, February 18th. We're covering Battle in the Valley. I might have completely butchered the name there, but it's the it's the New Japan show in uh, San Jose. That's something we're going to try a lot more of in 2023 with the channel is because we see that even our, our favorite shows are pay-per-view shows usually. So And that's what other people's favorite shows are to watch. So that's something – so keep an eye on for that. Um, I mean, we'll we'll talk more about it. We'll figure out the timing and everything. But Sun, I believe it's Saturday, the 29th. And yes, yeah, the Royal Rumble. So, I mean, hey, Cody's. We know Cody's in it. That's his return. And yeah. Okay. So to my favorites, here we go. Boom. It's a it's a little bit of a different one this week. We're going with Brian Cage and Willie Mack. You might be thinking, which one? Yeah, because they wrestled on Dark Elevation and Rampage. Well, part of the reason I'm picking this is because it was both. I thought both matches were completely fantastic. And the one on Rampage, which we'll focus on, is that it technically was my favorite. So this, these guys kind of bring a similar magic that when, when you and I had the Radio podcast or the Squadcast, there were two wrestlers I often talked about. When they got together, it was just magic. And they're bigger guys, so that's what makes me draw this comparison. That's Keith Lee and Dijak. 
Whenever those guys got together, it was instantly magic in the ring. And like this, Willie Mack and Brian Cage, it evolved from PWG. These guys, their first singles matches together were in PWG. Then they went on to have these matches in Lucha Underground and now in AEW. Willie Mack, he had kind of been, he's hes a name all of us have known, you know, in the wrestling scene for years, but he's kind of kind of been off the grid of the, the major television programming. You know, he was in NWA, he's in MLW right now. Willie Mack, I think this week has shown a Ring of Honor AEW, he, he would be a great fit. And I thought these guys just had a really, it was only eight minutes, but they really put on some good magic and in a week where we had some unbelievable wrestling matches, I really wanted th- this one stuck out to me. So for that, it was my favorite. Um, yeah, Garrett, what did you, what did you think of this one? And uh, the big men wrestling like cruiserweights will never get old. Yeah, no, that's what I put in my notes. Jumbo Lucha, um, which is about as accurate as I can get. Like two big <laughs> men doing flippy shit. Which I mean, went what uh, makes me want to see Willie Mack versus Wardlow. Makes me want to see Willie Mack versus uh, uh, really uh, any of the big guys in AEW, like him versus uh, Lance. You know what I mean? Like any guy that can do some heavy, heavy flippy shit, that'd be good. Him versus Lee. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. shit, Lee can get there with it. He's people forget people sleep on Keith Lee. He's actually an athletic freak. Like I'm pretty sure if he wanted to, he could actually hit a tope cleanly. Like if he really practiced, you know, like, I'm not that he doesn't hit it cleanly, but like he just does the wrecking ball tope where he's just like, I'm going to kill you with my body, you know, like 100 percent. So um, I thought Max bumping in this was like insane. Like he just looked like an absolute monster just getting thrown in every direction. It was crazy. Um, And then it had a pretty decent uh, sequence. And I didn't write down what it was, but I did like the ending sequence of this match. Um, And uh, Brian Cage, man, right now he's just like it's every now and then you get these couple months sprees where Brian Cage just goes on these sprees of really good matches. And it just doesn't really get noticed by Tony for whatever reason, you know, like, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm really impressed with Brian Cage lately. Not that I've never am, but like, it's it's, yeah. And I think I think the matchup, the forum that these guys had on Dark really just stood out and you know you're about like to that talk match about was that way better minutes, than it had any business being exactly. i was sitting there watching that match this week and i'll get to it when i talk about it because i think it's in my uh show yep. um yeah i think it is um even if it's not I'll, I'll, i mean it I'll, was that you know, good yeah. the crowd reacted that good and yes tony clearly saw it and was like all right let's put it on the show let's put it on rampage they deserve rampage, it. rampage baby and willie mack what a i really hope he gets picked up from this i'm not even kidding there there is always room in any wrestling company and ML, mlw would be foolish not to make their next main event hammerstone versus willie mack you know what i mean yeah. like he's fantastic so yeah what was uh what was your favorite this week in a loaded week of wrestling yeah so uh there was a lot of really good stuff this week you had like a lot of really good matches um but there was only one match that i was like when i heard about it i was like oh this is gonna be fun and that was the main event of Dynamite this week. Oh, hello, nephew. How's it going there, bud? This is where the fun begins. Exactly. So we had Darby Allen taking on Kushida for the TNT Championship at an open challenge in the main event of Dynamite. So uh, I agree with commentary here. Darby um, has like a super solidly underrated wrestling base. Like he can wrestle, wrestle. Like he doesn't do it that often because he doesn't have to. because It's not really his style. But uh, at the beginning of this match, because he's against a guy like Kushida, who is, again, a really hard striker, but again, based in really solidly good wrestling, like a lot of the Japanese guys are, you know, um, he, they just had a really nice tight lockup and a good push off. And it was just good. There was a really good stuff that opened up this match. 
It allows him to do those crazy flips and stuff like that because he has that base. He can work out of that. So he can go from a headlock to now he's just jumping off the top rope because why not? You know what I mean? Like, um, because he's opened up that opportunity because he did like, I don't know, a neck breaker or something, you know, like, I don't know yeah. does a neck breaker, but like he did some kind of move like that and it opened up. So his style allows him to do the rest of the stuff. That he, I don't think Darby, if he just did the daredevil stuff, I think he'd still be popular. Like look at Jeff Hardy. Right. But I think that's the thing that, that draws you into Darby. Again, it's not, I'm not, I'm saying that, that Jeff Hardy can't wrestle. I'm just saying that most of the appeal of Jeff Hardy is just the crazy shit that he does. You know, I think there's more there with Darby. Um, there's more beyond that surface level. Yes. Of just the batshit craziness. Yeah. Oh, and something that I've been noticing lately. Do every code red he's hitting lately just looks so good. It's just the snap on it. it just looks how incredible. is how does he make that move that we see almost in every wrestling match at this point stand <sighs> out and look so beautiful? I think he I think what he does, he must have some kind of maybe he does like um like a little more reckless like flip or something. Because it does look like it's a little more violent when he does it. So it could like be when that Okada he just hits says, his lariats, man. It yeah, just yeah, stands yeah, yeah. out. Maybe Maybe it's just one of those things where he's like, just flip the shit out of yourself. I'll protect you. You know what I mean? Like, and he does. And maybe he's figured out something like how he holds them or how he flips with them. I'm saying like, I feel like Darby's got something there because it does look so incredible when he does it. I don't know. I don't know where it gets, but um, really good stuff. It could just be that he's been doing the spot for so long that when he, if he has to teach it to somebody, he could probably do it. So, and uh, one thing I had to write about Kushida, man, because he looked so fucking good in this match. He was just hammering the shit out of him with arms and elbows and shit. And it was awesome. And, I, how the fuck does do you overlook this guy in WWE? I will never understand that. Like he was so overlooked for so long in NXT, and I will never. And he was it. he was one of the guys like right when we kind of stopped covering. He was one of the newer ones, and we were like so excited about it. And it just never. They did the back to the his entrance was a million dollar entrance, and it just nothing ever came out of it. It was very disappointing. I can think back to like probably one of the last episodes we watched and he was on it. His, he made an entrance and he didn't attack anybody and he didn't really get into a feud and he just kind of looked like out of place. And I remember thinking at the time, I was like, man, hopefully I got something for this guy. But, but they obviously didn't. Um, and then Darby squeaked out, uh, squeaked out, squeaked out the win with a last supper, which is still one of my favorite pitting combinations in AEW. And I just thought it was a really solidly good match. Obviously, I didn't think Darby was going to lose. Darby's firing on all cylinders. I keep using that phrase all show because it's a good phrase. Um... And I don't know, Darby Allen right now, just everything he's doing has been great. Uh, I expect this to be one of the better title reigns of this year because Darby is just an absolute freak when it comes to this shit. And he's probably going to jump off something big to lose. So I would think, you know, so. Um, yep. And his next stop was in uh, Noah, where he wrestled yes. with Sting. And it was really neat seeing him. Oh, wait, him and Sting had a, had a wait, wrestled with Sting. Like he had like, wrestled with Sting. Okay. Yep. And he brought the okay. TNT title there. It was really cool seeing the TNT title in Japan. How about I, that Sting wrestling guess. in Noah in 2022? What a fucking time to be alive, man. It's pretty nuts. And, you know, this was a fun main event. And Absolutely. I, I agree with everything you said. Mm-hmm. I thought Kushida being accompanied by the LA Dojo Kevin Knight yeah, I like that as well. was a nice touch, too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. Good stuff. Something yeah. we're noticing is the bringing in of these this, these guys. Look at, our, look at who we just talked about. Kushida as your favorite. Willie Mack was in mind. Neither of these guys are signed to AEW. Is that the and, and honestly, if we were going to pick another match from our favorites, it probably would have been uh, he signed now. But Brian Danielson and Bandito, who was just yeah, signed. Bandito just signed in the last like three months of last. So year. it's like yeah, so yeah. the newer yeah. roster and and again, this is something that's always made AEW so special. Is the willingness to bring in these guys and bring in anyone at any time. Keep keep you under your toes. I mean, El Phantasmo wrestled last year randomly in that one uh, in that 
what was it forbidden door maybe it was the week up to forbidden door yeah we had just like yeah him oh, in bullet club versus here's how phantasmal wrestling yeah. on tv okay david finley's yep. on tv this week what we had hikaleo on tv at one point like yeah and and now it's just, almost died on a on a exiting the ring but we had hikaleo i just thought that was a fun little touch but yeah i mean you covered everything this was beautiful and yeah so okay, it was a, I, this is something I just thought about while I was sitting. Here. I don't I don't mean to take too much longer on this. It didn't feel like a super typical Darby Allen match. Too. He didn't do anything super death defying. You know what I mean? But yep. it still worked. And that's again, a, that's something with Darby. You know, like he doesn't have to always lean on that stuff. So I think, you know, it's good to see Darby out there. You know, doing doing good stuff. Agreed. Agreed. It really is. And okay, so we got a little bit of news, and you know. As we alluded to at the beginning of the show, I mean, there's there's been news that everyone's been talking about all week. And we're not going to spend too long on it because, you know, you guys have heard a hundred thousand different things. And um, that's uh, Jay Briscoe had uh, passed away this week. He was in the he was a current ROH tag team champion. And we I mean, you and I waxed Rapsonic this past year about the tri- the trilogy of matches FTR had with the Briscoe brothers. All of them seemingly up the other and it ended with that beautiful imagine match. if the briscoes were on the aw roster how hard that would have been to decide i i it would have been insane and you know i thought that that dog collar match was so fucking awesome and again we we've talked so much this year about how ftr became the living legends in 2022 i say i say this year i'm gonna start saying last year when ftr became the living legends a big part of that reason was this trilogy of matches it being I mean, I, I I can't think of a better wrestling trilogy of matches. And it's, it's genuinely that, has- that trilogy and the moment with the in, in the uh, in the uh, uh, United Empire match with the slap like that. That slap is going to go down as maybe the it's most so iconic moment in wrestling. It was so beautiful and in that year, like for sure. And- like, can you think of anything else that happened in wrestling that year that wasn't like Vince retiring? That was like like more interesting and significant than that i can't think of any that slap and still both of us would have me. picked this as our favorite rivalry of the year if it was again it wasn't an aew rivalry so it had these little you know weird things but yeah so jay briscoe passed away and uh you know the wrestling world uh, as you saw guys on dynamite and rampage kind of wearing a jay uh armband um and they also filmed a Jay White tribute, yeah, Ring uh, of Jay Honor, Briscoe Jay tribute White show. tribute show. It's going to be on Honor Club. It might already be on there now, um, honestly. So, but yeah. so that'll be up there, and we won't run through the spoilers of that. But you know, we'll cover that when it comes out, and that'll be cool. But yeah, um, it it was pretty wild. It was a uh, it was just a sudden tragic accident, and yeah, I. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what else. Yeah. To well, say. What, do you, what do you even say? Like um, exactly. I mean, you guys have heard all. The, we didn't. You know, you guys have heard all the stories from people that knew him all 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 week, and it's just it's a very uh very tragic thing. And it sounds like you know we're able to since we're doing this podcast Tuesday this week. Yeah. Uh, Mark Briscoe will be on AEW this week. He will which, be having a match with Jay Lethal. Which is like a catac- like not cataclysmic, but it's like a massive change. And as- that is a massive change because. As as we saw, as briefly just mentioned, guys were only allowed the where they were really only allowed to honor Jay was through their armbands. They couldn't really do something big for the show, and it sounds like Tony Khan, from what we're hearing from uh, Meltzer and others, it sounds like he kind of put his foot down in a meeting with Warner Brothers, and kind of news this morning broke that uh, Tony Khan was 
kind of given the okay to do stuff with Mark Briscoe going forward. And it's, and that's clearly happened because Mark Briscoe is going to have a match. So I didn't know that was what happened. I didn't realize that was what Meltzer was reporting. I just assumed that Tony probably he, wasn't happy about last week, not being able to do his, that. His exact quote was Mark is now allowed an AW TV going forward. And that AW has also been cleared to honor Jay on the show as well. And cause we had, we'd reported before, uh, because Briscoe's were banned from AEW TV. That was a, a thing from Warner Brothers that they were banned and that we felt that last week when they couldn't really honor him. So, so uh, I guess I was going to try and avoid this, but like I, we should acknowledge it, I guess. A lot of other people have. We should acknowledge the reason why they weren't allowed on the show, which is a pretty bad tweet that Jay put out um, a long time ago. And... Um, it has some personal weight for me personally. Uh, those of you that listen to the podcast for a while or follow me on Twitter, you'll understand where that's coming from. Um, and I'll, I'll say this, the consensus from the wrestling world seems to be that Jay Briscoe regretted everything that he said in that tweet. He didn't believe it anymore. Uh, and I don't know what to believe because for me personally, I don't know how to look past stuff like that. It's really difficult for me. Um, but I will say this. I don't believe that that gave Warner Brothers the right to say, all these people want to honor this person. You can't do that. I mean, they obviously did have the, the legal right. Obviously, yeah. they, 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 they did it. You know, obviously, they couldn't have done it if they didn't have the power. But I don't believe that it was right to deny that. It'd be like if Jay was having a funeral. And Warner Brothers owned the funeral or the owned the uh, cemetery and said, well, but he said this thing, so you can't bury him here. Like, could you imagine? Now, it's not his fucking funeral, but in the wrestling sense, it is, you know, like. So that I don't know that I agree with that, but. I, I, I do think it is worth acknowledging that there was a time in Jay's life where he did think like that. Um and as you can see, currently, still up until like this week, um, it was affecting his and his brother's careers. And 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 it's yeah, it's it's sad that something like that plagued his career. And it you know you, you gotta. But I think it's probably for the best now to just let the guy's soul rest. I don't want. That, that's to, a good way to put it. And I don't think hate. it's worth bringing. Yes, we should acknowledge that was a part of his life, but we should also acknowledge that. People can change, and then we should give them the opportunity to change should they try. Very well put. Very well put. And, you know, him and his brother, and I think this is something we're going to see going forward. I mean, they're by far one of the greatest tag teams in the history of professional wrestling. So it's going to be – I think it's going to be an emotional thing on Wednesday. I, I feel like the, we're going to feel the emotions through the broadcast and from Jay Lethal. I can tell you, from I Mark felt this, this last week, even though they weren't allowed to – like when when yeah. Jay and uh, when Jay and and Orange were out there, I could feel it in Jay. You know what I mean? You could tell he was hurting. Long time. It's it, uh, the official statement was Briscoe will take on an old Ring of Honor rival, Jay Lethal, as they honor the late Jay Briscoe on what would have been its thirty ninth birthday. Um, they are still recognized as tag team champions, and so basically, you know, Jay Lethal and, and Jay Briscoe and, and the Briscoe brothers in general right. have had. Great uh, matches. and I'm going to do yeah. something. I'm going to overstep my bounds here a little bit, Charlie, and ask a question that no one's asking that I don't know if it's fair to ask yet, but do you think Mark Briscoe retires without his brother? You know, 
He's 39. He's got seven kids. 13 world championships. Yeah, uh, I think I, 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 no one knows what his mindset is. And the fact that he's wrestling tomorrow, I think is going to give an indication. Maybe wrestling is going to be his way of healing. And I think we might see a lot. We're either going to see none of Mark Briscoe. This might be the only match. Or we might see a lot of Mark Briscoe, whether it's Ring of Honor or, you know, maybe this is going to be his way of, of healing. I mean, what do you do with the tag titles? That I don't know. I, uh, I, I, I think I think the, the most smart and respectful, is, even if Mark doesn't want to do this, I think is the Mark smart just and, vacates him. Maybe yeah, he just drops it and then maybe gives a speech about his brother or something in the process. Yeah. Like I think if he's if he's capable, by the way, if he's too emotional for that, we could have somebody else to give the speech. But like, just have somebody talk about. Fuck it, maybe this is one of those times you have Tony come out and you have him take the title and have Tony say some words about Jay Briscoe and what he meant to him and the wrestling business. That, you know what? This would be a good time for that. Is a great point. This would be a good time for him to come out. So yeah, uh, yeah, it was pretty, uh, pretty wild week. Um, and, and no matter how I personally feel, it's fucking awful what happened to the guy's daughters. Oh my god. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's yeah. There was two people killed, and both of his daughters were very injured. So yeah, I'm sure uh, more people will have information on that as that comes. But um, yeah, that's all we're gonna cover for news. Uh, everything else we have was kind of irrelevant. So. Um, let's move on to uh, Dark Elevation, where you had a fucking awesome week this week. Uh, Hell, jealous yeah, of dude. your show that you get to cover here. Take us away, Dark Elevation episode number ninety-eight. We had Emmy Sakura and the Vicious Vixens taking on a team of jobbers. It was all business Emmy. She didn't have any fucking jokes for you this week. She had no fucking time for your bullshit. She let a beast bomb be hit while there was no tag, and then she made the cover with a disrespectful ass tea time. And that's Emmy Sakura for you. And we had Kevin Blackwood of uh, where is he from again? I, which 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 promotions is he with? Currently? We've seen him in GCW, PWG, uh, GCW. and okay. a lot of our West Coast wrestling promotions. I knew he was. I knew I'd seen the name before. I just couldn't think from where. And it was taking on Daniel Garcia. And I kept thinking during this match, like, where the fuck is Sammy? Isn't that the storyline? What the what the hell is going on here? But whatever. Uh, he did a nice little early kill of Blackwood's momentum because like Blackwood just came into this match saying, "Yeah, no, I'm just gonna have a wrestling match. I'm not gonna do the dark shit where I just get beat up for ten minutes." Like, no. Um, and he had some really. So, go ahead. Daniel Garcia and Kevin Blackwood started out as a tag team together in April of 2018 at the PWR Spring Fling. Well, hell yeah, absolutely. Some so history. There you go. They, so, they had a, a tag team named Black Metal. They were also the damn. Buffalo Brothers. Hell yeah! That so like these guys, tag. this goes way back. It's okay. really cool to see two guys from Buffalo. Makes sense then, because he had some smooth, some smooth transitions on some of the, um, you know, the chain wrestling and stuff with with uh, with Garcia, and uh, he had a really nice suplex that he hit. Like it was like, sort of like a, I don't know what it was meant to be, but it was it was almost like it looked like a flatliner, but it was basically like an overhead suplex. It was really cool. Like um, definitely. And, he did a really nice sell on uh, Garcia's elevated DDT, which is what he picked up the win with. So, yeah, shout outs to, to, to DC out there getting a really nice or DC DG out there getting a really nice match with Kevin Blackwood. I, I really enjoyed this. Is there anything you wanted to add about this match, Charlie? I am a master fan of Kevin Blackwood. I, I think this guy seriously has some uh, some of that untapped potential in the wrestling business. And he's one of those West Coast wrestlers that we often talk about where. I think they're just so fucking fantastic. And Tony Deppin's another one that we've seen more recently on AEW oh, and ROH. Yeah. I am but the he, Tony Deppin high. He, he's hype part squad, of bro. that that West Coast wrestling where you we always see it. And we felt a lot of that this week with Cage and Mac and, and everything else. So yeah, go ahead. 
good stuff. I love Black Widow. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, backstage, we had Hardy Party and Ethan Page. Uh, some more tension between Zay and Ethan here. Not much in this segment. There wasn't like a, I think they set up a match maybe or something like that, but that was it. And we had, oh, it's the next match, Charlie. We had Ari Davari, accompanied by, wait for it, Zach Clayton. Oh, my God. Who the f- <laughs> and uh and we had uh, nick ruiz is there as well which i thought was interesting um so is that do you think there's a little hint there or just nick ruiz was just there i mean no i, I don't know anyway uh they took yeah, on the dark I order i don't know yeah, yeah. keep an eye on that <laughs> the ruiz wise guy again wise guy but nick, yeah, nick ruiz a name i've heard before seen before i think uh you know took on the dark order standard dark order affair uh oh yeah i was asking clayton do you think trust busters for him do you think that would work Nick Ruiz is in a tag team called Border Patrol. They recently wrestled Peace at PCW Ultra. We can't take that name with him, but... No, he can't take that name, but they recently <laughs> wrestled the Gates of Agony at, at another... Okay. Uh, more West Coast Wrestling, PCW, there so... There you go. All right. Yeah. Cool, 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 cool. The yeah, guy is little... fucking huge, by the way. Yeah, but Zach Clayton and the Trustbusters any, uh, do anything <laughs> for you? Don't take the name Border Patrol. That's yeah, not no, a no, good no. tag name. Absolutely not. Um, but, yeah, I mean, uh, Clayton and the Trustbusters, does that do anything for you? Like... Would it, would it, I mean, I don't know. I, it, give him something to do, I right? I think they're a death trap right now, so I don't, yeah. okay, you know, fair enough. Hit the, our hit boy the, Zach Clayton. Exactly. Yeah. No, they hit the pendulum bomb, got the W, you know, uh, Johnny Hungy, looking like Johnny Hungy out there, doing some good stuff. Um, and then we had Kenosuke Takeshita backstage, and he was getting interviewed, and they were like, you know, asking him questions about the stuff with MJF. And then all of a sudden, Mr. Don Callis came into frame. Yep, and we've been talking about this for a few weeks. There's been some hints. There was a little bit of Don Callis in the crowd, and he basically straight up told Takesha, "Me and Kenny are interested in you. We want to see if there's something we can do together." You know, so here's my card. Get in contact with me and Kenny. So we'll have to see where this goes. But so far, Charlie, this sounds like the formation of potentially one of the best tag teams ever. So yes, and we have heard this week, um, Kota Ibushi's New Japan contract is running out. Uh, very very soon so if they do a thing because there's been some rumblings now this is more like if they try and if he if Don Callis is going to pitch to try and recreate the Golden Lovers but with Takeshita instead of Ibushi maybe Ibushi then steps into the full I there's some really special right. shit you hear can me hear me out 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 we just had Kushida on the show Ibushi and Kushida versus Takeshita and 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 Kenny Oh my uh, god, it would be fucking insane. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, if Kota Ibushi is about to be, you know, the fucking guy, he had a very, he's had this very, very ugly falling out with New Japan, and I mean, he hasn't wrestled since. He's he's ready to go. So, I, uh, I, I, if they could bring Kota into this angle, I mean, dude, I, I, I'm all fucking in. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. All right. And in the next match of the show, we had La Faccion and Gobra Noble taking on Misterioso and Diego Valens. Um, and I can't believe I nailed those names for a shot. And beautiful. Uh, we had some Spine of the Pine, a little bit of Bull's Horn, a W, a little post-match. Um, extension cord choke and beating, you know, from from good boy Roosh. Uh, hold on. I don't know, good, good brother Roosh. Good boy sounds a little fucking, mm, I don't know about that, but good, good brother Roosh. And uh, also in the match was obviously uh, what is his name again? Uh, 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 something Pero Pero Pelagroso. That's what his yeah, name Pero is. Pero Pelagroso, Pelagroso. Uh, aka Preston Vance. 
Uh, and we had the Wingmen and the SAP taking on Hardy Party and uh, the Stooge, uh, which I was like, what? Hardy Party and the Stooge? What? Is there something there? But I don't know. Um, and we had a remix Ethan continuing. Uh, we had a senton and a leg drop combo that looked really nice. Um, from I believe it was uh from Matt. I think that Matt and um and Zay have been doing that for a little while. It's a good move. Yeah. Um, then chaos ensued in the match. Uh, and then uh Ethan jacked the W from Zay after he picked up the after he hit like a I think he hit the the, the like the the senton. He was like, yep, yeah, no, tag me in, bro. And he picked up the win. Me and then we bro. had the match that you were super hyped about this week, which was Willie Mack taking on Brian Cage with Prince Nana in his corner. Um, and I put this in my notes as this two guys who are meat men who can move. Um, and that's accurate. Uh, they had a nice fall away slam. There was a nice plant. Swiftly moving meat. Swiftly moving meat, indeed. Um, what <laughs> that's a plant. What I wrote. Yeah, that was a nice plant on the DDT I liked as well. Oh my god, yeah. Yep, and they had some nice strikes exchange and a nice twisting neck breaker. It's a good it's a good match for Brian Cage. He did some stuff that he doesn't always do to be like a different move to finish. I like I like that Brian Cage sometimes just wins with a move. That's cool. That should happen in wrestling sometimes. Brian Cage, he's got something in that little wrestling brain of his. Little hold on. And that wrestling brain of his. He doesn't look little. He's got a big ass head or a small ass body. But um well, actually, it's not even small. His fucking chest is probably bigger than my fucking entire body. So anyway, um, but that being said, we had Prince Donna backstage. Uh, sorry, I skipped a segment. Never mind. Reverse. We had a Ring of Honor Women's World Championship Eliminator match with Athena taking on Zeta Zang. Um, and there was a heavy kick to start it. She's fucking absolutely potatoed the shit out of her. Loved it. Um, and <laughs> she did, though. It just <laughs> fucking killed her. Yeah, it, it did. Um, and she hit a backbreaker into the ring, which was a really cool, interesting um play on that move you know i haven't seen that done so that was cool a little backbreaker to the ring action uh, and then she transitioned that into like a super crank back cross face which what uh picked up the win um uh, which that was a nice i liked that combo because she was still tight to the ropes but she was so she was still caught up in the neck breaker so or sorry the neck breaker, the backbreaker hold so she couldn't do anything so she just transitioned to the hold straight into the submission which i really liked and then she tapped um and then she did some more belt face smashing and then charlie Someone finally was like sick of Athena's shit. And who was it other than Yuka Sakazaki? Yuka Sakazaki! Yuka Sakazaki! Oh, love it. Love it. <laughs> it's been too long since I did that. She had a, she had her little hammer elbow assault thing and uh, made the save. And uh, so I'm thinking we're getting Yuka Sakazaki versus Athena for the championship, you know? Uh, or maybe we'll and, get a feud out of it. We'll see. And I, I think someone's been watching some Athena content, and that is uh, Okada. Oh? Because. Holy shit. Uh, when you said the stiff kicks and stuff, it made me think of uh, Okada. That's actually went, what I thought about because I saw that gif and then I was dude, like. he went fucking insane on the uh, GHC. So the GHC heavyweight champion, the uh, current world champion in Noah, is that uh, Kaito Kiyomaya. I might be saying that wrong, but he's a younger guy and he popped Okada in the chin. And Okada just, he pulled in Athena is what I'm going to call it, son of a bitch. He pulled in Athena and went nuts. He was laying waste to the meat. He threw him in the meat grinder. I've never seen a referee try and stop someone in a match. Like, that's not something you see. That means you know some like, shit's uh, hitting. It sounds like this is a new character Okada's embracing. And shout out Okada putting the guy over, too. At Wrestle Kingdom, he put him over. That was really cool. Oh yeah, man. I like I like a little bit. Not like he's probably not going to be a heel because I don't know if Okada could ever really be a heel in New Japan. But like he might little... be with this new character. Who, who knows? knows? Who knows, man? Yeah. Maybe he betrays the fans. I could see it. That'd be awesome. Remember when? I mean, I, people probably said the same thing about Naito for forever. I mean, Naito has always kind of been a heel, but I mean, like Naito has also been over as fuck for a long time. There was a period where Naito was just as over as Tanahashi. You know what I mean? And they had that match, and then 
Tanahashi just took all the momentum and went into the stratosphere, you know, like. Very true. Yeah. Anyway, that being said, though, we did have Prince Donna backstage, like I mentioned, uh, and the Dark Order were trying to recruit, uh, uh, I think it was Prince Nana to their to their cause. And uh, he was like, nah, I'm not interested, blah, blah, blah. And uh, then he, they tried to get him to give the money back that he owed them because they made the gimmick reference to like the, the Nigerian prince online or some shit like that that you always <laughs> hear about in fucking your email. You know what I mean? Like, and uh, I thought that was really funny. And I think it's kind of I don't know how like, I'll, I'll be honest. I don't know where that breaks. I'm like, is this racist scale? But like, I, maybe it doesn't. I don't know. Like, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm saying like because Nana was involved, but that doesn't racially mean, motivated. You know no, what I'm saying? Uh, like, yeah, I mean, hey. If yeah, it works, it works. Our- it's funny as fuck that that's his backstory. So that's why he's rich, actually, is that he's a fake, fake uh, gone in prince instead of a real one. You know, that, that would be kind of funny. But um, uh, either way, we did our Dark Order fantasy booking last week and we didn't have Princess or uh, Prince Nana on the list. So I don't have Prince Nana, but I might have Princess Nana on the list. So I hey, hey, hey. see what's going on there. But um, that being said, though, we had the main event of DW Dark Elevation 98, which was Claudio and sorry, excuse me, Claudio Castagnoli and Wheeler Yuta taking on the Butcher and the Blade and Top Flight. And Butcher and the Blade had Bunny and Penelope at ringside. Oh, and Kip as well. Sorry, I didn't want to, don't want to, don't want to, don't want to slip on the boy Kip. But, um, and uh, yeah, and uh, Top Flight uh, looked really good in this match. Uh, I thought Blade had some nice uppercuts. Like, he had the se- sequence of uppercuts that just lasted forever. I think, they, I don't know if there was something like other spot that was supposed to come in there, but he just kept going. He was like, fuck it, I'll fill the time. Um, and then they did a very big swing with the Butcher. It didn't last super long, um, but they did go for it. And uh, then Air Dante put down the crowd of bodies, and we had the nosedive flat combo, the flatliner combo for the win. So it was another nice little big win for Top Flight over two pretty well known teams. Um, shit, Claudio and Yuta could end up as Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions, you know, at some point. So um, th- that's a real possibility, and uh, it set up the main event for the next dark because, uh, you know, it just did. Of course, it did. Uh, so with that being said. Charlie, what you got for us on AW Dark 179? 179 already. Holy shit. Uh, we kicked off with Kira Hogan defeating Danica De La Rouge. Kira Hogan, uh, every week she impresses me a little bit more. I, I really love seeing her on TV. And yeah, I, I, I like Kira Hogan a lot. I think she she is a good baby face for the women's division. Agreed. Uh, Brian Cage with Prince Nana defeated Carl Randers. Big week for Brian Cage, picking up the second win of the week here. Sammy Guevara and Daniel Garcia tag team. They took on Diamas and Brian Cook. All right, before you before you talk about this match, I got to say, this match felt so out of all over the place. And, like, I'm sorry, but I'm sure these guys would be a good team. But it's not really what I want either of them to be doing right now is tagging with each other at all. Couldn't agree more. I I, I get why they're doing it, but they don't need to do this. And, you know, maybe nope. maybe they just need to get their footing under themselves as a tag team, so they're getting these reps. Maybe. I don't know. Either way, Daniel Garcia and Sammy, they're both really good, but it felt weird. Action Andretti defeated Ari Davari. We're still stacking Andretti's resume. Let me just take a moment to pause here and say this guy's fucking music is 10 out of 10. Holy shit. Uh, it's fine. I, I think it'll grow on me. I, I don't know. I don't like flip out when it I It reminds it, you know? me of those those mid-2000s WWE themes, like a Christian, where you have that first five seconds, and I'm always like, okay, and then boom, right to that catchy chorus that's just so much fun. And 
Actually, that's fair. Christian's theme is kind of underrated in WWE. It is. And this is reminding me of it. And we're back to giving. This is something AEW is doing lately. And I shouldn't say lately. It's like two years now. The wrestling themes are matching the wrestlers. Might sound dumb. However. Bro, I'm going to pause you for a second. Think about how much that's done for Julia Hart. The theme matching her personality and stuff. And, And there's other companies out there where that is not the fucking case. And I never, AW, when they first started, their music was very, I'll take a word out of MJF's book, mid. A lot of the themes were pretty mid. 2023, we're popping bangers like this. Marina Shafir's new one. These these are people that are very low on the card, right? And that's nothing against the wrestler. I'm just saying, that shows the care that each wrestler is getting when it comes to their theme. I'll give you another perfect example. Whenever Anthony Agogo comes to the ring, I'm super hyped because of that theme, because of that theme song. Because even though yeah. it's super simple, it fits him so well, you know? And Action Andretti's theme fits him fucking perfectly. And I just, yeah, I get that mid-2000s vibe to it, which, uh, again, might not work for everyone. But I just, I did not realize that how good his theme was literally until Rampage. And I was like, wait a minute, back this up. I literally had to rewind. And then I went and looked it up on YouTube. I'm like, no way. How did I miss this? But anyways, stacking up. I will say some AEW themes do sound better. Just like the pure track, because in it doesn't quite translate when it's playing in a stadium of people. uh, Always. Not all the songs are designed that way, but a lot of old wrestling themes were like that too. So I get what you mean. Yeah. And I mean, one of the perfect ones, the Living Legends theme for FDR. I mean, how perfect is that for that? That, that oh came out of nowhere, too. It was just a random one week. They just started coming out to it, and then they weren't sure about it. But, like, it was really good. And I remember immediately the first thought I had was, man, that kind of reminds me of what I imagined probably the Midnight Express was like. And then immediately the first comments that I saw from other people, oh, yeah, it's a Midnight Express throwback. And then I looked at the Midnight Express stream, and I was like, oh, okay. Well, this okay. makes sense. But Andretti won with the running shooting star. Again, I could not be more excited for this guy. He is he's immediately jumped to the top of my people who I'm rooting for in this company. So really good on him. Powerhouse Hobbs defeated Jaden quickly. Torture Rack Slam victory. Uh any thoughts Matt, on who he's facing? We've been bringing it up every week. I, I on after this week, I, I have no idea. I'm guessing still Jungle Boy. That's my guess still. How we get there now? I I, I still I I'd still take the risk with Hook, man. That's what I do. And yes, Hook hasn't lost, but like, man, if Hobbs is the one that deals that loss, I don't know. There's something there. Hobbs oh, beating yeah, up a rich time. white kid. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh. no, there's there's levels to it. Agreed. Uh, Matt Menard and Angela Parker defeated Eddie Pearl and Ricky Gibson. We've seen Pearl and Gibson before. Nice seeing 2.0 get some reps. And then our main event here, Blackpool Combat Club. Cass- Cassinoli and Wheeler Yuta defeated the Butcher and the Blade with the Bunny. Uh, you know, Yuta was getting choked in front of a child. That was kind of funny. That's where my humor is. Uh, but no, this was pretty good. Uh, only assisted Yuta with a dive off the top rope onto Blade for the win. Compared to the Elevation, this was pretty weak. But it was still a decent episode of Dark. But uh, Elevation was fucking... Elevation, seriously, guys. Hey, man, they picked up the win with the rocket launcher, Jones. That's my new favorite move. If you're, if you're just feeling some wrestling and, you, and you're listening to this right now and you're like, and it's Tuesday night. What do I want to watch? Go watch last week's Elevation. Seriously. Just fucking do it from the Kia form. It was awesome. That being, said, that being said, 
I think Brian Cage and Willie Max my favorite dark match of the year so far. Uh, it's I still early. Start, I should start keeping track of that now. That way, yeah, we I should absolutely. I, every time something stands out to me, I, I'm going to start taking notes because I didn't do that enough last year. It made calculating dark. If there hadn't been just two outstandingly way better than every other dark match, dark matches last year would have been a lot harder. Like if Pac hadn't, if Pac had like three, but like if Pac hadn't had his run, and then we didn't also have Thunder Rosa doing her thing, like I don't know if it would have been as easy. You know what I mean? Like, agreed. So, okay. We're about 45 minutes into our show now, guys, which is kind of where we like to be when we jump into the results of Dynamite and Rampage. So thanks for uh, hanging around with us. But now let's get into the uh, the main meat, if you will. And of course, as always, we skip our favorites since we already talked about it. Orange Cassidy's fucking title run continues. I mean, is there more to say? This was awesome again. There's, pl- this there's plenty to say. This wasn't the best one. I'm not going to sit here and say that, but, and maybe I could have done without all the shit happening outside of the ring. You know, they had to show off those new barricades, but Jay Lethal and Orange Cassidy went out there and I thought they put on a really fun match. I, I, between having Orange Cassidy's current title reign and the one we're getting with Darby Allen, just kind of putting the title on the line each and every week. This is so much fun. Um, Anything specific stick out from you? Uh, stick out from this match to you? And, I got, uh, yeah, I got a lot. I got a lot the, of stuff. The Orange Cassidy. I mean, dude. Yeah, you, absolutely. You called this. I'm giving you all the credit. You <laughs> called that when Orange got the title. I said that like weeks before he won it too. I was so confident. I was like, there's no way this guy's not going to be like one of the greatest champions of all time. Like he's – that was when I had first gone back and seen the the video by – um. I think it's Joseph Monticello or something like that. I can't pronounce the last name. Yeah. That guy that does those uh, All Japan videos. And he also has like a random like 10 minute video on Orange Cassidy. I sent you that video forever ago. Um, I don't know. If, did you actually watch that one? I sent it to you. I, I can't did. remember. Yeah. And that, yeah. it kind of dove into like his his uh, his history. Wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And how he had this background as um as fire. Because he's a lot older than he looks. Yeah. He's older than he looks. And he's got a lot more experience in wrestling. Like he was like one of the underground, like very known guys for a while. But you didn't know him if you weren't like a super IWC guy. So but he's always been one of the best wrestlers in the world. And so I knew as soon as you put a guy like that in the championship. I mean, I looked at the Danielsons running WWE and I was like, if you give one of the best wrestlers in the world a championship, it's going to be great, you know? And um, yeah, I'll, I'll take the credit on that one. I don't always like take credit for stuff that I predict on this show because sometimes I hear things randomly on other things and then it becomes my own thoughts. And uh, so I can't. But this was one I was just like super, super sure about. They had a really nice sequence to open this match up. And that's just Jay Lethal and his both have a really strong base in wrestling. Um, they had some friend, uh, excuse me, some shenanigans with the best friends. We had Jay Lethal hitting a little Fargo strut out there. Um, I love Cassidy slowing the roll by literally rolling slowly. It's one of my favorite spots that he does. It's hilarious. Um, and uh, the crowd um, did not do the Ocho show for the O for the eight in this one, which I don't, I don't yeah, know what's going on there. Sadly, that might be dying out. I hope, I hope not. That was so fun, but um, it was fun by the way. Okay. Well, well, this is actually a great opportunity to talk about this. Charlie, do you know what I realized? Finally, remember how we, we realized a few podcasts back that Jericho had uh, eight title defenses in an 88 day title reign. Charlie, I'm yeah. going to ask you a question that's going to blow your mind. How many members of the Jericho Appreciation Society are there? Son of a bitch. Is there eight? There's fucking eight. That's awesome. Jericho is a wrestling genius. I don't care what anybody tries to say. That's That kind of planning and convincing Tony that that's going to work and that they can actually pull off eight Jericho title defenses in 88 days and make it work and get the crowd behind it and also get Claudio more over in the process. What a genius. 
but I just thought I'd, and we're not talking about Jericho. We're talking about Cassidy. Um, and, uh, we had a little bit of, uh, of, uh, I called it the guitar housing curse because he cursed him and then he used the guitar. So guitar housing is now canon. Um, and, uh, <laughs> they had a nice slick Kazedora and then they got an orange punch. Uh, and then Sanjay squared up, which I thought was really funny. Um, I want to see. I want to see Sanjay wrestle. I'm sorry, I'm Sanjay. I know you're done. I know you want to just be backstage. I just want so much fun. I just want to see you wrestle. Please do a tag with Jay. I just want to see you wrestle, Sanjay. You're fun, but I understand you're busy. Um, Did you know he's basically Tony's right hand man? I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, uh, Tony has done some great hires with people behind the scenes. Sanjay is one of those ones that they randomly brought in, and I remember you were like, "I don't know about this," and I was like, "No, dude, Sanjay, that is so fun because I remembered him." You know. And he has turned out to be correct. I've been turned out to be correct about that. So, hey, um, but yeah, I just I really enjoyed this match. Really fun stuff. And uh, if if we're going to consider like the opening match sort of like the de facto tribute to Jay, I think they did an excellent job. That's a that's a well put thing that that is well put. And uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed that myself. So top flight defeated the AW trios champions, the Young Bucks. Um, We've said this before. One of the better things about AEW is how selfless the top stars are. They will put anyone over when the time is right, especially. The Young Bucks were getting criticized at the beginning of the company for putting too many people over. But we've seen this time and time again. Jericho two weeks ago with, uh, you know, more than two weeks ago now, but a few weeks ago with Action Andretti. And now the Young Bucks finally were in a position. They had the chance and they put over top flight like they've been wanting to do. For I mean, they, they're the reason the top flight's in the company. They brought these guys in, and I, I immediately right away, Nick and Dante, they showed off their athleticism. Um, Taz compared the similarities. That I, thought, I thought was a nice little touch. Uh, just, I thought there was so much high, like high-velocity action, I, I would say here, right? I, I wish it, they weren't trios champions, because I'd ask for a series of these matches, man. Not like seven, but like two or three. But now that they beat them, theoretically, right, they could bring AR Fox in and do a trios thing, maybe? That'd be cool. I'd be down maybe with that. Maybe they'll do something like that, but I just, I'm so glad that they put these guys over, and Top Flight deserves this. What a great fucking tag team. I, I really, must be like a spinning top, just turned into a human being, because man, when he when he flips, he just has so much rotation, it's insane. He really does. Um, but I'll get to the end of the match here. I'll kind of skip a little bit. But so Nick hits this clean face buster on Darius, a moonsault onto Dante on the outside, and immediately back in with a destroyer on Darius for the two count. They get the this is awesome chance, as you know, the crowd's going to do. Uh, Matt Jackson kisses his Briscoe armband. The Young Bucks hit a Briscoe style doomsday device. Dante breaks it up. Dante sends the Bucks outside, tries to hit a no hand springboard dive. Left right into a double super kick, really clean. Um, the Bucks went for a BTE trigger on Darius. He ducked the move. The Bucks fucking, you know, they collided their knees together. Darius rolls up Matt for the pin. The crowd bought it hook, line, and sinker. They fucking, they blew up. And I just, I'm very happy that uh, this happened. And this, you know, it's little things, man. Little things like this that. I just, I love wrestling. And it's just cool to watch all the little things that we've noticed over the last year sort of start to come together with guys like Ricky, guys like Dante, guys like, you know, Daniel Garcia. Basically, I mean, all of our chance. pillars. We're like, dude, if you look at all of our pillars right now, 
they're all in fantastic positions. Maybe Wheeler's not super fantastic, but he's a Wheeler's, champion. It feels like Wheeler's losing a little bit of steam, but at the same time, he's a champion in ROH and he's teaming with Claudio. So, yeah, so it's that's like, not like as long as they keep using Claudio, he'll be all right. Exactly. You know I mean? it, it feels like that. But at the same time, it is still he is still raising his stock. But man, Top Flight, I know this had to excite you, too, because how much we love Top Flight and just the Young Bucks uh, not being afraid to, to yeah, dude. put over guys that they love. So Dude, there was the uh, when Dante hit the nosedive in the middle of the match, I actually thought they might win it there because I was like, oh, my God, he never hits that move like unless he's going to win. So, you know, like I, I, I was convinced by that. Um, I really liked the Dubas device spot. Should that have won? I'm just spitballing. I don't think that would have been a good end of the match. But should that have won? Like, should I'm not saying they should have lost. I'm saying, but like, should a doomsday device have been the finish? Like, eh, maybe not. Maybe. Not. Yeah, I don't know. It would. Yeah, Maybe. But then I like the way that it ended, so maybe not. I was just throwing that out there. Yeah, I think a flash pin really worked here. That fucking, that quick little. Um, Yeah, so the Gun Club came to the ring, so the Acclaimed embarrassed themselves last week, despite being the ones who made the Acclaimed champions by giving them their dad. Um, Acclaimed interrupts, got some good heat from the, uh, uh, Austin was yelling into the mic to cut their music, got some good heat from the crowd. Caster told them to cut Austin's mic hit the, and hit their music, you know, they had some good funny lines again. Uh, yada, yada, yada. Pretty much a brawl ensued. Daddy ass separated them both, and he said they're going for family therapy next week. Hey, he said he's got two words for everybody. Suck it, family therapy. <laughs> that was pretty good. That was pretty clean. Um, the guns and uh, the acclaimed doing it for you right now? or kinda... um, I, 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 I mean... They probably do need to have the feud out at some point because they sort of feuded and then they took the dad and then they went and won the title. So there should be a story. There's just if wrestling is precedent is anything to go by, they should have a match for the titles now. I mean, that's that's what should have. They maybe should have had it sooner. But at the same time, you know, we obviously had other stuff to do. So. Yeah. Renee is backstage with Hangman. Asked how he's feeling physically. Pace said he stuck to his word when he knocked Moxley out. Mocking what happened to him following their first match. But Ket asked where he goes from here. Pace said he needs to have some tough conversations and to mend some fences. Hmm. Hung bucks? Hung bucks. Paquette wrapped up the interview and think they're he thinks they're done filming as Paige then asked Paquette how Moxley's really feeling. And she said he's been hurt for the last 10 years. As Paige was about to genuinely ask a follow-up, he was held off. So a good guy, Adam Page, is the uh Look, let our boy Mox enjoy his vacation. Huh? Absolutely, let him have some time. Let him, let him, let him spend some time. I don't, I don't think uh, we didn't miss him this week, and it, it's not for. Uh, it's not because we don't want him here anymore. It's just it's we all know. We, we all know he's been he's been needing to take some time off for a while. He's done everything he can for the company right now. He put over the guy that everybody needed him to put over at the time multiple times. I mean, he, John Moxley deserves to rest. Ricky Starks defeated Jake Hager. This was a bit of a quicker match. Um, Starks landed pretty awkwardly on his ankle at one point, so we're hoping he's all right. Even on Rampage, they announced he has a match next week, so uh, we'll look forward to that. Um, pretty much Hager controlled most of this match. Um, Starks had a really nice high cross body. He, he tried, Hager then attempted a Hager bomb, missed. Starks had a really clean Tornado DDT for the two. 2.0 ran for the distraction. It failed. Starks had a huge spear on, on Hager to win. Garcia and Guevara hit the ring. Stark sprinted through the fans so the numbers wouldn't get him like they did last week. And then we had a little brief video package on Adam Cole. Uh, 
what'd you think of uh any anything you had from this match but i mean yeah oh yeah no uh just at the end there we had a little remix jones made it in i like that we're always down with some remix jones also the adam cole recap thing i'm glad they're doing recap segments now it's so key like they need to start doing that more like if if they're not going to have somebody on especially but if they're even if they're going to have somebody on they should still recap what happened last week that's you just should do that and doing it in that fashion it was pretty it was quick and clean too uh, Shivani backstage with the uh, pissed off Chris Jericho, Garcia and Sammy Guevara. Jericho said next week he's requesting pissed Jericho. You might say no pissed uh, with Starks and Andretti against Guevara and himself. Garcia demanded he team with Jericho instead of Sammy, who's proud. Garcia stepped up. Uh, Garcia beats action Andretti on Wednesday. He can have Sammy spot in the tag. Guevara also presented Garcia with a new ring gear, which was some uh, leather pants. Jericho said it doesn't matter if it's the sex gods. Of Garcia Cho. Starks and Andretti will get theirs next week. Um, yeah. I do got to see Garcia Cho as an actual team at some point, though. Yeah, right? Um, okay. Danielson and Bandito. Uh, you take the lead here. What did you What did you think of this match? I know we probably could have used another uh, 45 minutes of yeah. it, and I, I would have enjoyed it. But, yep. uh, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, what did um, you think of this one? So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the fucking Brian Danielson, man. He finds new and interesting ways to technical wrestle every time that just amazed me. Like, the opening sequence of this match wasn't like any other opening sequence of a Brian Danielson match I've ever seen. He just did different things because Brian Danielson is a fucking genius and he just knows. Um, also, that spot where he started basically doing crunches, like, to, to counter a move. He, the core strength that that took... Like, Jesus Christ, it, it, it Danielson. It was pretty remarkable. Yeah. What are you... What, he's probably been working on core for a long time, but you can't just do that out of nowhere, even if you have been. I, I feel like. I mean, maybe he's just a freak, but... Um, a wicked submission move that uh, Bandito hit at one point, too. I really liked that. Um, I don't know what it was called, but he had, like, a really cool-looking submission at one point. Um, they had some back-and-forth pin combos. The C kicks, not the S kicks. They were saying C, which I loved. That was awesome. Um, I bet Danielson thought it was funny too. Uh, we had a nice 21 plex counter and, uh, and then it hit and I thought, Oh shit. Oh, okay. But I didn't think it was going to win obviously, but I was like, Oh, 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 uh." and then MJF, uh, decided, um, to, uh, MJ said (laughs) the way he phrased this was interesting. MJF did, uh, obviously, you know, Danielson hits a boost psycho. He picks up the win, I believe at one point. Yeah. Um, but then MJF obviously comes out to acknowledge, and uh, he says he's going to go. It doesn't come out. Sorry, I think he was on the monitor, I want to say, right? Um, or the the Titantron, the Contron, if you will. Um, but uh, he said he's going to go mask off to beat Brian Danielson. And after some of the comments he made last week, I don't know how I feel about him saying that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, it's uh, interesting stuff. Uh, this was a, such a fun match, right? These guys are just, they're two of the best. Danielson. We knew this was going to be a fun storyline, him just wrestling the best wrestlers. But my God, I can't believe the people they're putting him up against. It's so much fun. Uh, Bandito with Takeshita back-to-back weeks. I mean, those are going to have special places for us. So, yeah, really fun stuff. Another another war on Danielson's road to the Iron Man match, right? Yeah, this we're going to call be... each match a war. So. I mean, in the first, like, ten weeks of this year, we're going to have the best of seven series and this to have to consider, like, as potential best matches of the year, like, and best series of matches like that we have to consider, like. Just absolute insanity. Um. Okay, so Soraya was uh, talking to Hikaru Shida backstage for throwing a Hendo 
you know, she's pretty upset at her for throwing a kendo stick in the ring during her and Tony Storm's tag match last week. Storm said she'll beat Willow tonight. As Well, I fucked up her name, didn't I? As Soraya ordered she to stay backstage. How are we supposed to view Soraya as a, as a baby face? Now, it's time for, uh, it's time for our boy Batista here. Give me what I want. Give me what I want. Are they fantasy booking for us right now, Garrett? Are we going to see homegrown AW women taking on some of the, uh, the intruders as Brits called them before? Hey man, I, I are we about to see a full blown war where it turns into, is this going to be the blood and guts? Is this going to be, you know, I think your anarchy I think, in the arena. I'm is it gonna, with you. I think the ending of the, we obviously have an embassy segment in between, but I think the ending of the next match kind of basically confirms that's where we're going. And yeah, good idea. So let's, let's hit this next match. And cause I think we might be able to start drawing some storylines here. Some, some teams like where's Ruby fit, man. I mean, I, look, I can tell you exactly where Ruby fits. We could have some really cool shit approaching. And I think remember one of Soraya's big things when she came here was she wanted to see women put into bigger spots. If the women get the blood and guts match, or if you know, if they get the, it was blood and guts. That's their war games, right? Or am I am I fucking this up? You, uh, yes, anarchy in the arena is the other one. Okay, if the women can get those spots this year, and it starts with a with a proclamation of this feud of almost like intruders versus you know in house. Holy shit! Count me in. Um, you could have some serious fun with that. You got to be careful though, because Soraya can get a little carried away with the promos with this stuff sometimes. And granted, that was what she kind of got in trouble. But for she ha- she she has to be the heel. She would have to be the heel. That's what I'm saying. Like you have, I don't want I don't want it to become them actually burying the company because it can't easily become that. You know. Sure. Yeah. You got to be careful for sure. So let's let's jump into that. Um, Tony Storm uh, is taking on Willow Nightingale. Um, we we start off with Willow just really showing off her fucking strength. She's hitting a good shoulder block, but as well, she's showing off her speed. Hit a nice arm drag into a low cross body. She did her cartwheel off an Irish whip. Um, Storm offers a handshake, but then slaps her in the face. She slaps Willow in the face and hit a hip attack on the floor. Hikaru Shida, kendo stick, makes her way to the fucking uh, ringside. They go to commercial. Through the break, it seems Storm kept uh, kept on Nightingale there. Willow fought free from a full Nelson and hit a few corner lariats. She hit a massive spine buster. Willow has a fantastic spine buster. I would like, I would put her spine buster up there with with uh, Preston Vance's and and Hobbs's. I would put uh, same category to me. You think maybe Arn uh, has been showing him backstage a little bit? There? I hope so. Arn's like the spine buster king, so he better be. I mean, he'd at least give him a tip or two, you know? Yeah. Um, she followed with a drop kick off the second rope. Couldn't hit the corner cannonball. Storm hits a sweet cheek music and a spinning DDT. That was a great the... transition of the momentum. She, that cannonball missed, and she it fucking was. just threw her back into it, too. I loved it. She just fucking said, fuck it, I'm eating the fucking turnbuckle. And then... And, <gasps> oh, God, yeah. Tony Storm is so fantastic, and so is Willow. And, you know, uh, Willow Nightingale, after get the two count, she answered with a misdirect pounce. Nightingale was able to hit the corner cannonball. Soraya jumped onto the apron for a full distraction. Again, Soraya's a heel. This is heel. Like, this was enough for Storm to get a roll up with a handful of tights to steal the win. Post-match, Soraya jumped Nightingale, put the boots to her with Storm. Ruby Soho made the save. 
Hikaru Shida looking on, and she is just confused. Is Ruby Soho going to be on the the homegrown? Yes, and I'm going to tell you why. Because everything okay. she ever did for the other company, she was always viewed as secondary. So she has never been the big star until she became to AEW. And granted, too, she hasn't really been in AEW either, but they've certainly treated her better when she was not injured than anywhere else has. I think that's you can make the argument that maybe when she was in uh, pre WWE places, maybe not. But I don't know what her prehistory was like that. But I don't think really most people do because she was kind of an unknown when she came into NXT, you know. So, um, okay, yeah, yeah okay. I don't think she was. She came in as an unknown, and then she didn't really get used to WWE. I think she fits more in that mold than she does in the other one. To be honest with you, she wasn't. I don't think. I don't think when she came in, it was as big. And I don't want to disrespect Ruby. I'm not saying that Ruby's not as big of a star. I'm saying that I think in terms of a WWE talent coming over, I think it was much bigger in terms of that when it was Tony who they attempted to use or Soraya for for sure. But like, you know, some of these other women that were very much through and through WWE stars before they ever came here. Um, I don't know that she fits into that category. I think she's made more of a name for herself in AEW already. So maybe that's just me, but. That's a good point. And so this has kind of been making its way. This has been making some waves online and other people are thinking, is this going to be the route that they go? So using some current talent that they have, you know, Athena most likely fits in somewhere. Are we going to have a team of Brit, Willow, Jamie, Sheeta? And if you're saying Ruby's on this team, is that our five? And then facing, say, Soraya, Tony Storm, Athena, that maybe that's when you get Thunder Rosa back because Thunder's still friends with Tony. I, I mean, yeah, but Thunder here. doesn't really fit that mold. She she doesn't fit much... that mold, but they're going to probably need someone else. And you could say, you know, Thunder came out. You know, I, I don't know. Maybe they'll they'd have to get. No, nah, I, I, I'm gonna argue that she's been bigger in AEW than anywhere else. Like maybe but I you think could argue if that's why I'm thinking it's going to be a quick one, quick pull with Ruby. I think Ruby's. If they do this, Ruby's probably going to be on the other side because you're going to need more bodies on that other side. But then again, Anna Jay, Ty Conti, where do they fit into this? The options are unlimited. And maybe because well, then you more- run into the problem is the JAS going to lean more toward the other side because WWE is sports entertainers. I think JAS theoretically would be on Soraya's side, right? So well, then there's your five then. Yeah. Willow, Ruby, Britt, Jamie, and Hikaru. That's your five, you know, AW versus Soraya. Tony, Athena, Anna, and uh, Tycon, Tay Conti, or yeah, Tay uh, Mello, and and you could even have Tay and or Ty, sorry, Ty and, uh, and and Anna still leaning into the sports entertainer thing and be like, yeah, all of us were sports entertainers before, even if they don't want to call themselves that now. The, yeah, that's what they Tony were. could be like, you're such a fucking joke, and but at the same time, she's like, yeah, whatever, you're cool. <laughs> oh man, the options here are are fucking seriously limitless. Um, wow. The, the thought of that is seriously making me so excited. Um, so it's, that's it's got potential. If, if that's the way serious, Tony's yeah. going, dude, uh, I'm I'm with the con on this one. With the con. Uh, Renee is backstage with Kenosuke. Asked him about his match with Dennison last week. He said he respects him so much and said something in Japanese, which Paquette asked what it meant, and he said MJF is an asshole. Takeshita <laughs> only speaking facts. Takeshita only speaking facts. He's the best. Um. Yeah, uh, I expect a big year for him. So, and that was, we already covered the main event. So again, pretty good dynamite, pretty fun. They taped Rampage directly after. JR and Chris Jericho 
who hates it when the crowd sings along to anyone's music. You know, he made sure to let us know. We're there with uh, Shivani and Excalibur. Sadly, we were just missing. Jungle Boy Jack Perry defeated Ethan Page. There was some fun stuff. Uh, was it before or after the match? Um, it was. It was after. Yeah, yeah. It was I, could, after. I, and I was trying to think what you were talking about. Even I was like, uh, yeah, right, but yeah. Ethan Page setting up some crazy stuff. Uh, where, you know, he's going to be the one to break Matt Hardy. Maybe we'll see. Yes, I still hope that's where they're going. But he's walking the broken Jack path. defeats Ethan Page, who's out there with Matt Hardy, Stokely, and Isaiah Cassidy. Fun group there he's with. But Jack. Uh, the trend continues, man. I mean, he is beating everyone in his path. And next week, they're setting up Jungle Hook one last time, taking on Ethan Page and Matt Hardy. I think the reality is Jungle Hook went over very well. So why not run it for a little bit while we're building up to Revolution? Um, It's a fun team. It worked. Do you think Jungle Hook makes it to a pay-per-view and then maybe breaks up after? Maybe. I don't know the direction where these guys. I mean, I thought I mean, they, they were could going be a tag team. Can we've talked about those hook before? You can put hook with somebody and just have them not be together all the time. You know? Yeah, like, it's kind of like what they I did like with Dan Housen, man. I really liked Hook Housen. I, I thought it had a do, spot. dude. Honestly, I'm thinking like from a merch and from like a popularity standpoint. If you put Hook, Dan Housen, and Jungle Boy in a group, that's one of your most popular trios instantly. You know what I mean? That's very true. So, um. Any other notes from this match? Because we had uh, the after the fact of setting up the tag. And Matt Hardy's a little crazy, man. He's, 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 you can see him tweaking a little bit. And they went as far as I know on BTE, he was completely broken at one point. So uh, we've seen it translate from BTE to the screen before. If it gets over on one, they're most likely going to do it on the other. So. Um, I just like, you know, there were some good spots. Like, um, I always talk about Jungle Boy's bumps into turnbuckles always look good. I don't know, like I said, if he just throws himself at turnbuckles for practice, but if it does, it pays off. And if he doesn't, he just has a really good bump. Um, and, uh, Ethan Page is now going to be referred to as the power slam menace. Um, because he's a menace with those power slams. Um, and I know you got to be so happy. Finally, Ethan Page is getting used regularly. Oh, yeah. And it seems like because of that, he's starting to get into more of a groove with his wrestling, too. Like, I feel like sometimes with Ethan Page matches, I always have the same complaint, which is that they, they're good. But I'm just like, they're not. I know they could be more, you know. And I think he knows that, too. He's even made jokes about it, you know. Like, in like, did, did you catch um, uh, Hey W this week by chance? He I made didn't. a joke about it on there. Um, so... You know, about how he's not that great in the ring, even though he's really great at everything else, which I disagree with. You're good in the ring. I just I'm not super impressed by your matches. That's the only problem. Like you have the ability, Ethan, just make him fun. Just do something interesting. And I think he did in this match. I, the finish of this match was a little different. That's why I like this match. So, um, you know, I uh, I, I want to see where this is going, because it's like it could be one of those dark stories that just disappears, you know, and, and that really annoys me that some of those stories do that sometimes. But. This has had too much. I feel like you have, and now you have Jungle Hook, which is a main storyline. I mean, it really is, whether, whether it's not being you know used properly or not, which I don't think Jungle Hook has been really utilized correctly so far, because I think they're just, they're just kind of existing right now, you know? Um, both groups need direction, so, and I've said this before, sometimes when two groups need direction, you point them toward each other, and there you go. That's well put. I like it. I like it. Um, so, yeah, after that, we jumped into uh, the Tony most Schiavone. heartbreaking segment of all time. I know, right? God, Tony Schiavone interviewing uh, Ortiz in the ring. 
Ortiz calls out Eddie Kingston to settle their differences. Kingston comes out with a steel chair. The crowd really reacted to that chair. They popped for Eddie, and then the chair they saw the chair in hand, like, oh, shit. Um, Shivani got out of the ring. Ortiz with some passion here, man. He was really upset with Kingston for trying to hit a woman with a chair. He said, is this how your mother raised you? He's, you know, he goes on to say, I know that's how she didn't. Um, said their mentor homicide would call Kingston a fake tough guy. That was enough for him. He hit Ortiz with a chair, left him laying. This has all worked out for the House of Black, whose sole goal was to split up Kingston and Ortiz. They like getting, they don't want to just have a match with you. They want to get in your head and ruin you as a person. They want to leave you scarred after the match. They want you to have no friends. They want you to hate everyone, be hated by everyone. Uh, this was awesome. This was super emotional. The promo Ortiz got here. He's been taking some notes after his boy Eddie, man. That was good. And Eddie, oh, I, I just love this. I ate this up. Man. I ate it up. You? <laughs> dude, I I bit on this as well, dude. This was – I was so invested in this little – because this is also a dark story because this has been building yeah. up for a while between the two of them. There's been a little bit of tension, you know? And I love seeing this stuff translate onto the main TV show and – Dude, I was shocked. I, I honestly thought maybe he was going to talk Eddie down. Instead, Ortiz was just pissed, man. He's just upset. And that is a more realistic, real reaction that you would have. And that's what I love about these two so far is that the two of them are just super real. And then that's you get that that's why they're friends because they've been doing this for a long time on the indie scene and they just get it, you know. So um, I'm so excited for a heel Eddie. I've been asking for it for a while because heel oh. Eddie with the promos is going to be incredible. I can't wait to see what he has to say about Ortiz. Oh my god, that better be on like the first Fake three segments. Tough guy, that bit him, man. That's oh. not what you call Eddie. How oh. great would it be if they if if they bring in Homicide to try and like, yeah to try and be like the mediator down. between it? Yeah, I would love that. Homicide was just involved in something recently. Didn't he just have a match somewhere? Like I so like you yeah. know like I he if he's still obviously involved in the wrestling scene and they can get him to do AEW, that would be an incredible segment. Maybe you could also they they've involved um um well the guy that runs AAA. What's his name? Um. The, you know who I'm talking about, right? Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, fuck, I can't think of his. He's uh, he has the podcast with Disco Inferno. I can't think of his name. Um, ah, shit. Anyway, you, you all know who I'm talking about. That that guy. He's also friends with Eddie. They've had they were tight. They've done some stuff before, and they're all tied into that that lore with Homicide together. That they've made across wrestling. They could bring him in as well. Um, I think that'd be interesting. Do another like sit down of the families from New York. You know what I mean? Like they did a while back. You know what I'm talking about? Um. I would love to see that. Um, so, but I'm I'm really excited for what to see what Eddie's going to do, dude. Because Eddie, with with no restrictions on what he can say, because he's not he's not a baby face, you know. That's going to be. I mean, not that he ever held back, but like he can really lean into some stuff now, and that's going to be really really fun. And man, it just I I'm really excited about this, to be honest. Same, same. Uh, Darby Allen then calls out the House of Black. Last time he was in the ring with the House of Black, he, quote, sent them home. Woof! Allen challenged Buddy for the TNT title on Dynamite Wednesday. Dude, these guys are pulling no fucking punches with these title matches, man. Just um, incredible stuff for Darby right now. That's just, I'm, I'm so excited for this title reign. Like, so, I, I, I expect at some point through Darby's title reign, oranges will end and we'll be like, well, we still have Darby, though, so everything's fine, you know? And then he faces him the next week. Oh, my God. They should just do a fucking title, just a title match, just a non-title match against each other one week. Yeah, when when they don't have a good opponent for either of them that week, if it ever comes about, it's be like, you know what, non-title, title versus, or, you know, champion versus champion match. Let's go, main event. 
let's do it. Run it. And we jump into another uh, women's tag match. So, again, uh, we actually didn't even talk about these two earlier, but if, if they're going for all the bigger stars, Jade might fit into that team too. And that's Jade Cargill and Layla Gray. The baddies teamed up against uh, Jada and Jordan Vanity. I believe they were uh, va- they were sisters. They mentioned sisters at one point. They looked pretty good. Um, Layla starts this match out pretty, you know, handled the, both their opponents. Jade got the tag to a nice little decent pop. She looked annoyed and she battered one of the Vanity sisters with a forearm. Gray had a neck breaker, tagged Jade back in. Uh, she finished off with a jaded slam for the pin. So really quick, easy work here. And, uh, you know, we're, we're seeing a trend right now of a lot of these women's are in tags, you know, mixing and matching. You can kind of do like a little wave here. And then right after this, they announced Tony Storm, Britt Baker, and Ruby Soho for next week. I mean, I didn't even think about Jade, but Jade probably going to be on the one side too. So this we're going to get some pretty cool stuff here. And uh, how, yeah, how, how great would that be? I mean, I'm really excited for what the potential. I mean, I mean this could just all be smoke and mirrors, but yep, Jade is one away from 50 and 0. So are they going to pull a you know, pull a thing where she gets beat or is she going to go 50 and 0? Who knows? I, I think 49 and 0 would just look really silly. I think she'll win yeah. one more, but then that's the next one after that's when she probably loses. Yeah, they're going to get their 50. That's going to be something she'll say for the rest of her career. I went 50, you know what I mean? I went 50 and 0. It's, it's, not, it's, one, it's a moniker she can have for the rest of her career. She can use anywhere, you name it. Um, But yeah, Action Andretti, Danny Garcia, main event, one of our pillars facing off against Action Andretti, the guy who's been the talk of the town, right? I mean, he's got this new badass. I love the fucking music, man. I'm sorry. I'm going to say it again. New badass music. Uh, Danny Garcia was wearing some some leather pants, huh? He was. I, I, I referred to him in my notes as Leather Pants Garcia. Um. <laughs> what you, do you think of the main event here? Uh, take the lead on this one. What you uh yeah, so nice I little just, ten, ten and a half minute match. Yeah, Andretti had some nice uh, hit a nice set of chops uh, at one point that I thought was good. Um, dude, you're gonna you're gonna fucking resonate with this next thing that I wrote in my notes. You know what? Jericho and Guevara were both on commentary for this match. And you know what they reminded me of when they were because they basically took over commentary for this match for the whole match. And uh, you know what Jericho and Guevara reminded me of here? Like What's evil that? golf commentators. Okay. Like they were kind of silent, kind of just kind of letting the vibe flow. You know what I mean? Letting the match play out, not really doing the let's do this, let's do that. Oh, look at all this stuff going on. Like when Excalibur is like you know running my, like 100 miles an hour with his mouth, you know. Um, and uh, oh, we got some new meta for Jim Ross. Apparently, he's not wearing pants. Good to know, I guess. <laughs> Good to know. Um, they had an I anti-air guess. palm strike. Never seen that before. And I think that that anti-air palm strike, Charlie. I think that wins uh, wins a little award. I like to give out every week. Uh, our boy uh, Don Ron Simmons. Yep. That's the Simmons this week. Because uh, damn, that was brutal. Um, and uh, I can't wait to hear what Action Andretti's uh, perception of this last uh, several months has been. Like when he finally does like um, AEW, what is that podcast called? AEW, whatever the hell, where they do the interviews. Um, back, like, not back, like unlimited or unscripted, maybe. AW something like that yeah whatever it is that that podcast that Shivani and uh, Aubrey have where they where they interview the wrestlers that they bring in um I'm, I'm really excited to see that episode or like a you know a sessions with Brene um because or in fact I imagine it'll actually you know I probably the probably the episode has already been filmed and I guarantee I know who it's going to be on it's going to be on the Jericho show obviously 
Um, he probably sat down with the kid, I would imagine. Um, but I would be shocked. And I bet they're pretty tight, honestly, because of how much he put him over. So, um, but I can't, I can't wait to hear that story one day. This has to be incredible for that guy. Do you know what I mean? Agreed. I can't, I, it's what a, what a high he's got to be living on. And I, and it's not like he's not taking advantage of this opportunity because he's looks fucking fantastic. And he's that's why already, I want to hear it because sometimes guys get that opportunity and it does it's kind of rocky. It does. He's been nailing everything. I mean, could you have him? Have you would you, Charlie? If you had told when when Andretti pinned Jericho, would you have ever guessed he's as good on the mic as he was? I would no. Have. And even the little promo that they played in the package before, like that little pro, that little pre-packaged promo they did, it was fucking phenomenal. Uh, God, I wish I knew the line off the top of my head. I didn't write it down. But it was it was calling it was calling Daniel a bitch, and it was dude the way he delivered it. I'm like, who is this guy? And he uh, sounds like some of the better talkers at AEW. I was like, okay, so this guy was just chilling out there on the end. He's waiting for his opportunity, and once he got it, he took it and he ran with it. And it's gonna be his career is gonna go. He's gonna look back on the the one random win he got, you know, given over Jericho out of nowhere. And I, I, I I'm I'm so excited to hear that story one day. I really hope we. You do know what I'm it. excited to see too, in about two months. After this whole feud's done and, you know, uh, it's not two months anymore, about six weeks, seven weeks when this program passes and he wrestles Darby Allen for that TNT title. I mean, he has to win, right? And, and Darby gets a fucking hell of a match out of him, too. He could win. That's the, I, I don't know where this is going with Jericho, but uh, it's going to be something cool. And uh, because I yeah, honestly so- think and I think Darby would even agree. He works better when he doesn't have a title to defend on a pay-per-view. You know, like, I think Darby works better when you can give him a story to tell. So I think if he lost to Andretti and then he had to kind of, like, think back, maybe that's what starts the distension between him and Sting, right? Is that he loses to Andretti. He's like, you shouldn't have lost to that guy. What the hell? You're supposed to be, the like, the dude, you know? Yeah. Maybe that starts some attention there. I'm just fantasy booking here, you know? A little Batista booking, if you will. But, yeah, that was uh, that was Rampage. Another really solid Rampage, night. baby! I loved the Cajun Mac match, but so tomorrow or tonight, whenever you guys listen to this show or this week, who knows? Fuck it. Uh, we got Darby Allen against Buddy Matthews. I said Buddy Murphy earlier. That's my problem. That's my fault. Uh, Mark Briscoe versus Jay Lethal. Danielson versus Brian Cage. Guevara and Jericho versus Starks and Andretti. Britt Baker versus Ruby Soho versus Tony Storm. Ethan Page and Matt Hardy versus Jungle Hook and Family Therapy with the Guns and the Acclaimed. It should be a fun show. I don't know if it's going to live up to the quality of the last three, four weeks because the last three, four weeks have just been incredible, you know? Like, I mean, match after match after match after match just and stuff, you know? So, and I don't expect the Danielson versus Cage match to be any different. Although, like, it's like the um, the one match I can't think of what was in that Eliminator tournament that was, like, Two big guys. We, we, all, we all knew like it, there were six matches, and if it went a certain way, there was only going to be one match that was below the others, and it was just slightly, you know, like it's not. It's same thing here. Like this is going to be like if all of them are three point seven five to four star matches, which I think they all will be. This might be the three point five. You know what I mean? And that's fine because it's going to be slightly above average, which is about what I expected to be. Very true, and I am uh, very excited for it. So, yeah, that'll be it for us guys. Um, uh, Colt, I believe I saw something that's saying uh, Cruz and, and Rick Abani and Caprice will be there uh, covering the 
I, I imagine Rick Briscoe Bond match. is going to be on commentary for the match with Mark. I would that'll imagine. Be a, yeah, that'll be an emotional moment, and I think that'll be felt through the screen. But that'll be it for us, guys. Uh, seriously, thanks so much for checking it out. If you're on Apple Podcasts, check uh, check out Connect. I don't, I, I don't know how it all works, but um, yeah, we appreciate you guys. Um, thanks for sticking around this week. Again, Bane Duke on Twitter. Oh, Charlie with an X instead of an A. The Duke of Derps on Twitch. And we will catch you guys next week talking about Action Andretti and Ricky Starks again. Woo! Slap nut. Slap nut. Ree!